everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Week for the Endo E3 2017. I am your host, Colin McIsaac, and I'm joined by Alex Plant. Yay, E3. And Waifu Ben. <laughs> Best Waifu Ben. And we are here to wrap up E3 2017, as always, with our live E3 shows. You know, it's recorded here in Los Angeles. One microphone, terrible acoustics, so apologies for that. We're, um, we're recording in Con's closet. That's it's about the size of a closet. Sure, I have huge closets, but very big closets. We should actually go to my closet. That would be a better recording space. That was a lie. No. Uh, we're going to talk about Super Mario Odyssey, Splatoon 2, ARMS. Uh, well, actually, we've talked about ARMS before. I don't know if we're, we're not talking talk- about I have we, nothing we'll to say about ARMS. ARMS. Okay, well, we're not talking about ARMS then. We're talking about Pokémon Tournament Deluxe. We're talking about Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions. Uh, good title. We're talking about... Um, we're not talking about Ever Oasis or Miitopia. No. No. Uh, what about Cold Sept Revolt, them. Game of the Year? Uh, we're not talking about Cold Sept Revolt, we're talking about Sushido, Way of the Sushido, uh, that's not it. Whatever that game is, we're... Way of the Yoshida, another, it's a Sony game. Another lie, we're not talking about that game. Um, I know how many listeners' hearts I'm breaking right now. Uh, <laughs> all of them. I think that's about it, basically. That's about, that's about that, all I need. That, Sonic Mania, Sonic Forces, we can touch on some stuff like that. Um, oh, and Mario and Rabbids. Yeah. XCOM Bunny Edition. Yeah, so, okay. Um... Let's open up with our general thoughts about E3 this year. Did you have a good time, Ben? I had parts of a good time. Certain elements of a good time were there. Yeah, I got a free fidget spinner. That's nice. Highlight of E3, fidget spinners. Absolutely. Shout out to uh, Mixer, Microsoft's streaming platform. Not a sponsor. They did not sponsor this episode, but they gave me a free fidget they did spinner. They sponsor Colin's fidget spinner. And this is the least I can do in return. Um, yeah, I play, the only games I played that weren't Mario Kart, I played today. So, uh, really? that's, uh, yeah. You didn't play anything yesterday? I played a game that I also played today, yesterday. Mario Kart? Splatoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, lines were, uh, hell, and please never again. Yeah, normally yeah. at E3, it's kind of like, you know you're going to have time to hit up all the games you really want to, and then you're probably also going to have time for, like, three or four games that are kind of like, eh, maybe I'll get it, or eh, I'm not going to get it, but it's important enough to the industry that I should get some hands-on impressions. But this year, it was like, pick the game you want to play today, and if you're lucky, maybe you'll get to a second one. Yeah, so this year they opened up E3 to 15,000 members of the public. Not to disparage members of the public, but the format of of doing so was bad, because E3 is a press show. So ultimately we got sort of press not super able to do their jobs unless by appointment. Uh, A lot of fans who paid a lot of money to end up waiting in a lot of lines, which I mean, you know, if it's your first E3, then that's Probably still fun, but not a great consumer value. Um, and you can tell a lot of them were confused, too. Like, yeah. Even today, I was still having people like ask me, like, what's this line for? Like, the line to the main hall, you know? <laughs> Mario Odyssey had a line to get to the line to get to the line. I yeah. think to get to the line. <laughs> so, I mean, if you could call that a line. Yeah, the Mario show floor, or the Nintendo show floor in general, was just more of like this giant sea of people, and they, they kept saying everyone lined up single well, file behind today TVs. And yesterday. Yeah, the like, first day was bad. The first day was just They were not prepared. No, I don't think anyone. Extra people. I'm no. pretty sure all 15,000 extra people were just packed into the Nintendo booth. I'm curious whether the ESA opened it up to the public like before or after all these companies had already sort of prepped their show floors, spa- like they got bought their space on the show floor. Um, yeah, they announced it pretty late, but I don't know how much in advance like the the, the presenters, presenters knew. Yeah. Well, it seems like they made no changes to the floor space and yet expected right. to accommodate all these extra. Right. People. I mean, there's a lot of extra floor well, space there, that went on that always goes on big, One big this change, and that's really just surprising. that uh, Microsoft for some reason was in the third party hall instead of the main hall. So that might have hypothetically eased some congestion, but you couldn't really tell because yeah, the West Hall know. was still packed. Yeah. Um, so... But there were games at E3, right? There were were some games. games. When Jackson gets back, we should have him talk about Detroit Become Human. (laughs) 
Uh, so let's see. I think my big takeaway, at least as far as Nintendo impressions goes, is that this is the year that third parties really came to bat for Nintendo. I mean, you listeners have been seeing this for a long time. Nintendo would used to have to drag companies like Ubisoft and EA to their Nintendo press conferences to half-heartedly say, you know, we're bringing bringing soccer over here. Unprecedented partnership, quote-unquote. Right, yeah, we're bringing soccer, we're bringing Assassin's Creed. You can play it, technically, but it's not going to be very good. Um... (laughs) Which, I believe that's actually a direct quote from... Everyone? Miyamoto, right? What, did he say that? No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Speaking of Miyamoto, we saw him. We did, we we did. did. He's a nice man. Um, (laughs) Jackson wanted to pants him. Uh, Jackson's interesting. I wonder if he'd appreciate that. I think he would. He's playful. He is playful. He He is the king of fun. He does make video games for a living. (laughs) Um... Jackson, I think I don't think Jackson actually wanted to pants him. That was a joke um, on Jackson's part, just so that I don't destroy his reputation. He has I'll a never, reputation. I'll never no. work in this town again. <laughs> um, but yeah, on like topic we, though, we had like Rabbids was like Ubisoft brought like an exclusive game to Switch, and not like Rayman exclusive, well, where right. it's delayed for right. so, Where I was going with that is that that Nintendo previously uh, would bring these developers to their shows to half-heartedly speak on Nintendo's behalf. Um, but this time, third-party developers, including Microsoft, were mentioning and talking about Switch in their own conferences. Yeah. They were carving out their own time to say, look at what we're doing with Nintendo. This is important, and this is really good stuff. Um, so this is the first time in a long while that third parties have been extraordinarily positive about Nintendo to the extent to mention them in their own dedicated stage time. Nintendo's actually part of their plans now. Right. It's not just an afterthought. Yeah. And I get the impression, too, that a lot of these, like, high-profile indies, like uh, the developers of Rocket League, Psyonix, are lining up at the door and just waiting for Nintendo to get back to them, basically, to say, yeah, we we want your game on Switch, and that's, that's that's a heel turn from Wii U, if I've ever heard one. Right, right. Um, so that was good news. Um... Other good news, Pikmin 4 is still progressing. Remember like three years ago when he said, yeah, this game's just about done? Yeah, I do. I think I, I feel like that was... It's called Mail. No, that was 2014, time. wasn't it? it? I think it was 2014. It was 2014. Maybe 2015, but... Either way, Miyamoto time... It's been a while. ...means um, the game is being polished for three years. Yes, that was an- yet another prediction that didn't come true. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's any more significant Nintendo news... Uh, uh, we got not we... one, but two Metroid announcements. Well, yeah, <laughs> but beyond the uh, games on the show floor, but I guess those were not there, so do we want to talk about them? Uh, I mean, uh-huh. I don't think there's much to say about Prime 4 other than that it exists and it probably won't actually be called Prime 4, but... What if that was gameplay footage? <laughs> <laughs> Just like the picture of like, the star yeah. cluster and the screw it's at. That's exactly. the whole game. Interact- <laughs> interactive title screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the 3DS game Samus Returns. First of all, now we know why they shut down the fan remake. Um, second of all, that that's looks not like the a... reason they shut down the fan remake. Yeah, well... they shut down because they got a million downloads. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but they, they, I'm sure the the fact that Nintendo had one cooking you know, right that, that didn't help either. Yeah. Right, that that's why they pushed it so aggressively as they did. Um, like even getting it pulled from the game awards. Well, right, because yeah. it was like a sustained issue. Stuff like um, I forget what that Pokemon hack was. Like po- uranium. Uranium, right? Well, was- the, the uranium was from the ground up. Prism was the hack. Anyway, the fan games <laughs> AM2R was like a sustained issue. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so we've got this Metroid Two remake. It's got lots of new abilities in it. Um, yeah, it was those... not playable, unfortunately, no, so no, no hands-on impressions from us. No, I only get to see other people play it. But Ben, being the Metroid expert you are, do you have any sort of visual impressions from the gameplay demos that they showed at the Treehouse, or from yeah. the trailer? Well, like, uh, from what I saw from the trailer, like, it looks okay, but I'm gonna have to see it more than just, like, a little, you know, a few little snippets here and there. Uh, yeah. you know, I'd have to actually see how it plays, like, over time. I haven't actually been able to watch the Treehouse demos yet, because oh. I'm really so busy, and I think, uh... 
Oh yeah, well, what it was is we uh, we finished watching the Nintendo Spotlight, and then we wanted to, you know, we assumed that the, the oh, lines were going to be stupid long. So yeah, we just went straight to the LACC thinking that uh, Nintendo wasn't going to show off too much during Treehouse. And then they wow. were like, hey, another Metroid! <laughs> Within an yeah. hour. Yeah, so right. I, I, got a, I got a text message like from my friend. I'm like about to go on, into the show floor, and he's like, hey, did you just see they announced another Metroid? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm... I'm Definitely gonna get it because it's Metroid and I'm a Metroid fanboy. But uh, I wasn't blown away by the visual style. It didn't look quite, yeah. quite as clean as I was hoping. It, mainly, I'm just being salty because it's not like an HD Metroid on Switch. Yeah, which right. again, still 2D. I, I'm not saying I, I need all my Metroids to be 3D. I love 2D, 2D Metroid so much. But I do think I, I do understand where you're coming from in that I think that 2D Metroid really needs to visually be 2D, not 2.5D, because it's just so much crisper um, visually, and it lets them take more creative liberties with the aesthetics um this felt kind of not underwhelming per se but it's a 3ds game they put a lot of detail in the environments but there is only so far that a 3ds game can impress in 2017 yeah after playing my switch in portable mode so much it's it's hard for me to look at the like 100p screen of a 3ds right (laughs) colin and i were watching a little bit of the treehouse stream when we were waiting in futility for my for Mario plus Rabbids, and so we saw some actually some pretty neat looking yeah, detailed there were some environments. Really cool environments. Okay. And it's just like it's it's a shame that they feel stuck on 3ds and we'll never see them uh, reimagined on in HD. We don't know that, but we. I mean, we, I, I I did read that Reggie was Reggie was saying they've made most of the game in HD, and then they just had to like make it actually run in, on 3ds. Oh wow! So okay. I don't know. If so those that assets exist anything. somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. All right, well, well, let's not get our hopes up because it's 2017 and Mother 3 still isn't out. I thought I'd go one day without someone asking me that. (laughs) Yeah, that's apparently Reggie Reggie decided to to tease fans by saying uh, he's sick of us asking him about Mother 3. Yeah, wait, he brought up Mother 3 in that interview. He brought it up, it sounded like. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So you know um, what to do, fans. Send Reggie a million emails asking where Mother 3 is. Don't let him go a day without hearing about Mother 3. (laughs) I cannot condone this behavior, but... um, I won't discourage it. Let's see. Mario Odyssey? Should we just start talking about the games on the show floor, or is there anything yeah, else that they... let's do that. They announced that it was not... I okay. mean, Mario Odyssey is the star of the show. I mean, that's... Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of what they had to have... What they had on offer at, at the show floor already in bits and pieces in, in previous footage, but right. just kind of getting a feel for it, it as, a, as a cohesive experience... Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, so what they had at the E3 demo was uh, New Donk City, awesome, and the sand level with like the little mariachi skeletons and the the ice town, co- well, the, the, the ice covering the town. Um, so, and in that sand level, you've got those sections where you go in the warp pipes and you become 2D Mario. Yeah, very uh, a link between worlds. Very cool. To it. Yeah, I love that stuff. Um, so I played some of New Donk City and some of the sand level. I didn't get too far in either of them. Um, I felt like the controls were a little bizarre, or, or the, just the, the dynamics of controlling Mario. The mo- Mario's momentum felt a little weird to me, mm-hmm. but I think my biggest issue is just that the only uh, control option they had on the show floor was two detached Joy-Cons, and I'd like never play with detached Joy-Cons. I play with like my Pro Controller pretty much all the time. Hmm. Um, so maybe it'll feel a little better when it's, you know, I'm using a control that I'm used to. But yeah, Mario, Mario felt a little, his momentum was a little weird, but uh, it didn't hamper the gameplay too much for me. I yeah. just fell off a cliff a couple times. I'm sure but, I'll yeah. get used to it, I'm, and I'm I sure I do that in all, like, 3D platforms. So, so. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest thing about Mario Odyssey is that uh, we learned Mario is actually just a demonic hat who's been possessing Jumpman for 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> and now Pauline wants him back. Wants her boyfriend back. She's really the star of the show. Um, Which I thought it was incredible that they managed to hide the key gameplay mechanic for so long. Like, people were already yeah. hyped. People yeah. were already hyped about this game just about on the fact that, like, it has, like, medium to large size open worlds. Like, that was enough for people to be like, heck yeah. And then we get to E3 and they're like, oh, by the way, we hadn't actually revealed the singular, like, main gameplay mechanic. You can play as a dinosaur, a Tyrannosaurus (laughs) Rex in Mario Odyssey. That is incredible. Um, Well, the cool thing is they hinted at it in plain sight. They showed us the hat in the Mario Odyssey trailer at the Switch event, and no one thought, oh, maybe there's more to this hat thing than just jumping off of it. Well, yeah, but who would think the googly eyes means controlling... Possessing people and and inanimate objects. 
don't yeah, know. There I had mean, to be more to that hat, though, than just... Well, the, yeah. I um, mean, I think they hinted at it before in saying that, like, the hat is the central mechanic in some way, but... Um, I mean, the actual direction it took is sure. totally unexpected. Um, and, and I think it's great. This is the first time, I think, in a long time that we've seen a Mario game that had sort of a core idea and that it just ran with across the entire game. Uh, Galaxy's a little disjointed, even though that Galaxy's great. Uh, 3D World had sort of its, its like, 2D-style level design, but they didn't really have a unifying design mechanic. Like, that clear pipes thing was not very strong. Um... And then the the recent 2D games just have kind of just been nostalgia throwbacks with no What, real, you mean you don't like no New real, Super Mario Bros. 2 no and real, all its DLC? Yeah, all of its... It's that DLC? All of its DLC. <laughs> yes, it wow. that, was the, that was the hook for, for, for the new <laughs> Super Mario Bros. games, is they have DLC now. Um, <laughs> but they had no real like reason to exist outside of Nintendo thought they had to make a 2D Mario game. But, but they right. clearly have something here with Odyssey. Uh, and it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Breath of the Wild, where they're like, okay, this series has been getting stagnant for a while, so let's just throw everything out the window, start fresh, and then create a world where players are encouraged to experiment. Because, like, with Breath of the Wild, it has, like, the, you know, the intricate physics engine where you can do all kinds of crazy things. And with this, it's like, hey, throw your hat at literally everything and see what you can possess. Yeah. Like, just go out there and, like, bang around on some stuff. See what you can do. Traffic cones. Go. Yeah. Jackson and Lauren are back, so real quick, I'm going to go get them, and you guys can keep talking about Mario Odyssey if you want. I don't have a lot more else to say. Okay. So, have fun! Bye, listeners! Bye, Colin! Bye, Colin. i to get my shoes on, so this uh, exit's a little delayed, so it's going to just get this slip on here, and uh, go. i got to get my keys, too. Colin's really bad at leaving. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> um, did you do much hunting for secrets when you were playing? Uh, or did you just go for bit. the objectives? Well, okay, so in the in the sand level, I pretty much went for the objectives. I see. And then when I played New Donk City, I didn't like really go for the objectives at all. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to run around and do stuff. And I was really surprised by like the verticality of New Donk City. Yeah. Like you can climb every building, and there's just like you know every couple of stories. If you poke around enough, you're going to find like I like went inside a building, and there was just like a, a whole other stage like inside of one of the skyscrapers, and then I died at that a couple times. So I was like, eh, I'm going to go back outside. And then I kept climbing up, and there was just more stuff to do on the outsides. Yeah. So I was I was really surprised by just. How am I, just like Breath of the Wild, where it's not just, here's a big world, go explore it. It's, here's a big world, and if you explore it, you're going to keep finding secrets, like, every five minutes. Yeah. Like, there's, it, uh, it's cool that there's a lot of super obvious things where it's like, oh, I see that. I should go after it. And then there's a lot of things where if you poke around the, like, back alley, you'll find this, like, secret thing or this door, like you are saying. Uh, but you don't know what's... You have no idea what's going to be in there. You just kind of have to try it out and see what's there. And I don't remember ever having that sensation with Mario before. Of just like, I need to explore every inch because there's like secrets all over. Well, it's funny because it reminds me of the early games where it's like, oh, I'm going to try going down every single pipe and see if okay, there's a yeah, but thing. It, or I'm going to try hitting every single block and see if there's a like, like a Finally stock. bringing that sort of idea into 3D. Yeah. Because uh, we didn't really get a lot of that in Mario 64 because the environments weren't that complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some of it in Sunshine, I'd say, but not a, t- not a whole lot. And then Galaxy had some secrets, but the way the levels were designed, there wasn't a lot of intricacy to them. And then Galaxy but, 2 is a little more a little more straightforward than Galaxy 1, I would say. Yeah, but here it's like it's folding stuff on top of stuff, and it's just it's really great. Um, in the in the sand level, I actually did the opposite of you. I didn't go for the objective in the sand level. I okay. went to poke around the town and see how much crap I could find. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that you saw in the treehouse, but there's a lot of really like obscure hidden secrets that you kind of have to poke around for and look at this like, town from like every secrets like Easter eggs or secrets, secrets like cool like, things to do. Secrets like moons that you have to do some really obscure thing to find. Okay, and that was great. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of cool things that you can discover just by going down the main path, and that's also great. Yeah, and, like, we're already, I think, pretty excited for this game, and that's just based off of we were only allowed to play for, what, 20 minutes at a time? I think it was 10-minute sessions. Actually. Yeah, 10-minute sessions. So, And that's that's the thing about games with these big overworlds is you really need to spend a few hours before you just fully grasp, like, the depth of content. So I'm really excited to actually own it and be able to spend more than 10 minutes just poking around New Donk City trying to find secrets. <laughs> There was this cool touch in the in the New Donk City demo, actually, that I wasn't expecting. I was playing the... I was actually going on the main path where you find the musicians. And then mm-hmm. I'd gotten them all. And then uh, Pauline gave me this cue to go find... Fix something underground. And so I go to... And, and the, the clue is you have to, like, pound, ground pound manholes. 
So I go to a manhole, and they're like, oh, yeah, you have to get the full game before we'll let you go here. And, <laughs> oh, wow. but, they'd, but they'd articulated in this really weird, like, in-universe way. And I thought that was a really nice touch for, for what amounts to a neat demo restriction. Like, I don't, they put a lot <laughs> I don't know why, but I just, I'm just thinking of Mother 3. There are ants blocking your path. You wouldn't want to step on them. Some, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was articulated a lot like that. Um, hmm. And, yeah, I, wasn't, I wouldn't expect that in a demo. I'd expect them to just cut you off. Sure. And we talked about how this game doesn't uh, boot you out when you collect the moons. Oh, no, that's wonderful. And that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, even the main objectives, they'll sort of stop the action for a second and, and let you know you've completed a main objective, but then it picks up right where you left off. Yep. That's great. And also, uh, all of the like checkpoint flags you find are fast travel points. Yeah. Yes. Fast travel in Mario, that's a thing now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it totally works for this game, because you could go completely away from the central area, and it would suck to come back... In some scenarios, <laughs> because Jackson, <laughs> Jackson ruins because this Jackson every ruins year. everything. Uh, Mazel Tov, indeed. Um, I was saying a thing. <laughs> you were, and then Jackson appeared. And then Jackson spilled soda all over. And my everything floor. changed when the Coke Nation attacked. I don't know what, what did you just spill. Doctor Pepper. Doctor Pepper. Everyone changed when the doctor attacked everyone. Oh, see, so we were talking about how the moons don't take you out of the action. Um, oh yeah, if you get stuck in this really treacherous place that you needed to cross ridiculous platforms to get to, you don't have to find your way back. You can just you can just fast travel. Fast travel. Yeah, that's nice. Um, also, fall damage. That's like not a thing. Yeah, that's cool. Really great in New Dunk City when you are trying to get up to this musician on top of a building and you keep falling yes. <laughs> because you're awesome at Mario. Um. We haven't seen Yoshi in this game so far. Uh, so far. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Um, I think given the, the theme of the game, I'd be surprised if we didn't see him in the Dinosaur I mean, Safari World. Granted, yeah. we also haven't seen Luigi, so... Oh, uh, you mean uh, that's because Mario? That's Green because Mario, in bad. this game, the co-op mode doesn't involve Luigi. It involves Cappy the Cap. Yeah, that's weird, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Luigi has been replaced by So this will be another game where you maybe try the co-op for about five minutes and decide never again. Um, so we haven't talked about the great new game announcement, Waluigi's Groceries. Haven't we? I mean... Did we? Oh, was that when I was gone? Yes. You yes. guys! We talked about it for like an hour. Exclusive world Oh, thank premiere. you. Jackson is making this up to us by serving us Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, no, thank you. you need more. That was I'm too brown pop guy. Alex. I'm weird. <laughs> and now we've got that on record. Yeah, I know, right? Guy. Now the entire internet knows that I don't like brown soda because I'm a weirdo. I'll have more brown soda, Racist. thank you very much. <laughs> I, I don't drink much soda yeah, in no, general, but I just don't drink brown soda That's at all. probably good. Yeah. Too much sugar. Just drink them both. Whatever. I say. <laughs> I don't drink it. <laughs> this is complicated. Let's figure it out in a bit. Um, are we done with Mario Odyssey? Or yeah. Okay. Uh, great game. Definitely get it. Um, yeah. This is, this is not a game you want to miss. No. Um, Despite the weird uh, new Donk City. Or unlike Xenoblade 2? Question mark, Alex? Uh, yeah, I think still a question mark for now. I, I haven't seen enough of it to really know what it's like. There was no I demo know, at E3. There was no way. demo at E3. Um, they changed even... the battle system quite a bit. Uh, before you had that palette at the bottom of the screen, and now it's like button inputs, which could be good, or it could just make the combat feel flat. I'm not sure yet. We'll see. Um, but the thing that I don't like is the art style. Yeah. Because I feel like Xenoblade had this very, like, grounded blend between Western and uh, Japanese art styles, uh, where it's still anime, but it looked really cool, and the art the art style was really unique and really detailed, and I feel like that's just been lost uh, with the Xenoblade 2. I, I will um, say the world design has been um, at least geometrically more interesting, I feel like, but it, yeah. it really leans into that sort of almost childlike sort of anime style it looks a lot like monster honey monster hunter stories monster it looks honey. a lot like monster honey it looks well it looks a lot like a lot of those sort of japanese rpgs um well and that's a shame because xenoblade stood out so much right with style right exactly i um, feel like this this feels a lot more conventional of a game than the original did and the bits of the story that they've shown off also look like uh any just any old jrpg right this, this this so far i have not seen anything that stands out to me as being unique about xenoblade chronicles 2 sure um, um the environments however still look really great um They've, they have brought over a lot of content from the first Xenoblade, especially in terms of enemies, so that could prove to, to sort of redeem the game a little bit for me. 
Um, but I still, I really don't know enough about it to, to pass judgment. I just know that stylistically, it's not going the direction that I'd prefer. But, uh, you know, if the gameplay nails it and the environments are still as great as they've always been in Xenoblade, then it will probably still be a game worth playing. All right. Um, let's see. We're not going to talk about ARMS? I it mean, was this invitational thing. Colin wrote a review. I mean, yeah, I, you can read it on the site. It's a That's, seven. It's pretty good. That it's, seems pretty. pretty it's accurate. content light. It's a really, really high learning curve, um, which is compromised sometimes by its awkward control schemes. Um, they you did, know, they I'd, did. I'd wait a while. Yeah, maybe wait till more of the DLC comes out. I mean, I'm technically not allowed to talk about what they revealed today because the review embargo goes until launch day. So you all know about the Treehouse's announcements. Alex and Ben, would There's you this, like to say was anything? This, there was this really unpredictable DLC character reveal. You'll never guess who it was. It totally was not the final boss. No. What? That would, that would never happen. Um, anyway, this podcast is going to be out tomorrow. Ooh. Well, thank you. Jackson's taking very nice care of us. We've got gummy worms. You we have been supplied worms? with gummy worms. All right. Beautiful. Thank you, Jackson. <clears throat> Oh, and Lauren. Lauren. Well, Jackson served it. Lauren prepared it. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. Does this make her our sugar mama? Like, sugar? Get it? <laughs> sugar? Yeah, sugar. I got Colin, it. get it? Get Colin? I Colin? Did. Colin? Yeah. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Splatoon 2? Yeah. It's a good game. I'm bad at it. This Are you? Is... <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, we played, I played a little more of the, uh, the versus mode. Um, they have, uh, upped the resolution to 1080p, which is great. The game looks really great. Uh, some of the visual effects are stronger. Um, they finally let us use more of the weapons besides the ones that they let us use in the test fire, which... What weapons I did you use? I honestly didn't go out of my comfort zone and continue to use the shot <laughs> and the dualies, but, uh, my wife, he tried out, uh, other stuff. Uh, I don't remember what she tried out. What'd you uh, try had, out, yeah, what, what weapons did you use? What? Splatoon. In Splatoon 2? Um, I tried out the roller again, because that's really what I'm most comfortable with when I was being competitive. But I did get to try out the, um, the Splattershot Pro. Hmm. And um, it had the point sensor like that we had in the previous installment, but the rain cloud special, I only got, yeah. I might have to try it once or twice, maybe, and I wasn't quite sure if I had done it right, but it looked like there was rain in the middle of everything, so... Okay. So cool, yeah. Cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. So, we only played Salmon Run, I believe. Well, you played... I did I did a couple play, of... I did right. play rounds in Turf Wars. Turf Wars? Okay. Um, we had a team that we sort of planned out what we were going to do and shared strategies beforehand, so we kind of creamed the other team. Solid. <laughs> but uh, it was a little unfair to them, I think. But we did play Salmon Run. Uh, Salmon Run was really fun. Yeah. Uh, it's really hectic. Uh, even on the low difficulty, I felt like I was all, always running around the map trying to kind of keep up with what was going on. Well, to be fair, um, that's because I was one of your teammates, and I was mostly just running into walls and, you know, shooting at nothing. So. Oh, well, I didn't know. <laughs> that's a perfectly valid way to play Splatoon. I know, right? <laughs> um, but then uh, I started trash-talking the developers saying uh i want to go up to the highest difficulty and they said uh okay you you, you may you may play 100 percent difficulty yeah and how we got creamed that? in about a minute i'd say if that maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> 45 seconds so at that point i went on to play um mario and luigi superstar saga plus bowser's minions which is visually a great recreation of mario and luigi superstar saga the best game in the series um, I thought you were going to say the best game of all time for a second. <laughs> of all time! Second best. Knack 2. Knack <laughs> 2 game of show. Knack um, <laughs> 2, baby. Um, where was I going? So, yeah, visually it's a great recreation. Um, I don't know how good I would say the music is. Uh, I was listening on earphones and it sounded kind of disappointing quality um, for the, the remastered soundtrack. Um, another disappointing thing is that it is only 2D compatible. You can't do 3D. Um, yeah, which... that was weird because they had a, a 3DS and a 2DS sitting there in the Nintendo booth. Right. And uh, on the home screen, it showed like the icon for Mario and Luigi in 3D. And I was like, oh, I'll play it on 3DS so I can see what the 3D is like. Sure. And then I start playing it and I'm like, 
this is 2D. But yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I, I don't like exactly play with the stereoscopic 3D right. turned on like all the time. I mean, I thought that the 3D the looked really great in the previous Mario and Luigi games on 3DS, but um, they said that for Superstar Saga, they had remastered the original pixel art. Um, so I completely would understand if the reason that there's no 3D is because they basically just took the solid flat images from the Game Boy Advance game and painted them over uh, and did no sort of programming work uh, artistically um, in three dimensions, which is, you know, that's totally forgivable, but it does disappoint a little bit. Um, I did not get to play the Bowser's Minions mode. Um, We had like five minutes left when he started playing. Right, yeah, it was very close to the end of E3 itself. Um, But on the Treehouse stream, it looked pretty good. You know, you can sort of strategize a little bit. I don't know. I've been thinking about so many games, I kind of forget exactly the details. It looked it looked pretty good, but, um, you know, I think the main appeal of this game will still be this main Mario and Luigi story in the Bean Bean Kingdom, because Fawful's awesome, Cacletta's awesome, all the crazy side characters and adventures they go on in Superstar Saga, all awesome, so. And does this open the door to Paper Mario 1 Plus 2 remade in HD? No. <laughs> that would require Nintendo to give people what they want. Aww. That doesn't happen. Um, Do we want to talk about XCOM Bunny Edition? Yeah, we should. I was thinking other 3DS games, but I don't think we... We, we already we did Metroid, uh, and Cold we didn't get play... Revolt, game of show. We're not going to talk about... I don't even know what that is. ...or whatever. <laughs> What's that? Sushi. 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 We're not talking Warriors. about that. I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, I still haven't seen that period, like even the trailer. Mm. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about XCOM Bunny Edition. Mario vs. Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Um, I thought gameplay-wise, the demo we played was very early on in the game. I believe it was the first stage. Yeah. So it was kind of simple. I got wrecked. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't through. It was kind of simple, well. but I got wrecked. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of simple, too. I made it through, but two of my three team members died. But at least one survived, and that's all that counts. Was it Rabbit Peach? It might have been. <laughs> Thank think, God. I think it was. I'm actually a big fan of Rabbit Peach, because oh when she God. hides behind cover, she, like, doesn't give a crap. Yeah, so she, she's like, just, leans up awesome. against She's, like, sticking her head up above it. and then She's just chilling. She's flirty. That's all. She's taking a selfie with the enemy. Like... <laughs> I mean, I, I've loved her since they first showed her off. Like, I, it, it's like a love-hate thing. Like, the, yeah. when, the, when the concept art leaked and someone just had, like, this super blurry close-up of her taking a selfie. I believe I posted it on Facebook with the caption, We stray further from God's light every day. But I am all about Rabbit Peach. She's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 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 the thing that really surprised me too was um, I'm not usually into the like rabbits minions sorts of sort of humor, but this game has some really clever funny moments. Um, I also got kind of attached to to Beepy or whatever Beepo 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 uh, and his little witty commentary every time you sort of examine a funny thing that's going on in the in the Mushroom Kingdom world with the rabbits. He's very dry. Yeah. Are you singing Gregorian hymns upstairs? No. Not anymore. They were. Believe me. Anyway, believe me, believe me. Um, but uh, yeah, the cover system's really cool. The catapult system where you can like jump on your teammates' backs and and like everything is really simple to grasp. But when when yeah. it's all put together, there's a decent amount of depth to it. Yeah, yeah. no, there, there's more than an I was enormous variety of moves you can make with every single character, every single turn, um, which is really really cool. And even early on in the game, they had this chain chomp in the middle of the battlefield that would attack either you or the enemies. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting strategic ideas going on. Yeah, you can kind of use that to like place yourself in a spot in the map where enemies will like be lured past the chain chomp on their way to you. Yeah. So you can you can just sort of use the environment to your advantage in that way. Totally. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to hear the music very well. It's composed by Grant Kirkhope, who did Banjo Kazooie and all a lot of rares, fantastic games. Um, so that's you know that's too bad, but I, I think it would in, in, increase the world's immersion a lot. I was looking forward to it, um, but that's probably enough talking about the music that we didn't hear. <laughs> um, it was a pretty game too. Yeah, it was really pretty. Uh, I feel like the frame rate might have been it might have had a couple issues. Yeah, I, I definitely um, noticed some dips. Resolution was a little fuzzy too. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, I, I noticed that like the stuff that was supposed to sort of like in focus 
was was fine, but like some yeah. of the, the background and side stuff seemed a little yeah. blurry. Agreed. But the, the visual style was great. I think it just needs yeah. some polish. No, and it's an incredible twist on the Mushroom Kingdom. I mean, all of these all of these environments that we were exploring in the overworld and in, on the battlefields, which are really well integrated with each other, by the way. Um, were, were really visually unique and they felt fresh. They did not feel like rehashes of the same Mario content we've been seeing for 30 years. Um, which, is, which is part of what excites me both about this game and Mario Odyssey at the same time. Um, because that's always what I like best. Um, th- this is a Mario RPG that's really embracing the ways in which it differs from the core Mario series, uh, much like the Mario RPG series used to do 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, and hasn't done as much since. So I really like that. That it for XCOM? Yeah. yeah for Mario so. and Rabbids. Yeah. Um, okay. Splatoon 2, ARMS, XCOM, Mario Odyssey, Pokémon Tournament Deluxe. I didn't get a chance to play that, and I still haven't played the original okay. Pokémon Tournament. Yeah, well, there we go. It looks fine. I might pick it up if there's like a Switch drought months down the line. Yeah. But, uh... I'm not in a rush to grab it. Yeah. I played it. I don't really have a lot to say about it. Uh, there's only two new support Pokemon. Um, there's five new playable Pokemon, which is good, uh, although four of them were in the arcade game in Japan. Uh, so there's Caesar, Empoleon, Darkrai, and Krogunk, which we've talked about on the podcast before because they were DLC for the arcade versions, uh, but they never made it to the West. Um, and the new character is Decidueye from Sun and Moon. Uh, Decidueye is really cool. I got to play Caesar and Decidueye, and... I mean, it's still Pokémon Tournament. Mm-hmm. I really don't have much to say beyond that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick up Pokémon Tournament either, so I haven't played it either. But um, I'm liking what I'm seeing with uh, Switch. When it does get ports, it gives them great new content um, and good new content. Well, <laughs> I'd, I'd call characters that didn't make it in the previous console version great content. Um, and so I, I remember reading that, I think it might have been Reggie said that whenever they're going to remaster stuff for Switch, they do want it to have new content. And so based on the patterns we've been seeing so far, I'm, I'm excited to pick up Pokémon and excited to pick up other games that make their way to Switch. What other Switch. games could you be referring to? Uh, game, actually. Uh, it, it starts with a sma and ends in a shbros. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gone has, has nothing. <laughs> I know of games that end in for Wii U and for Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, but this game won't end in either of those <laughs> things. Yeah, uh, hopefully not. That would be really bad marketing. <laughs> Super Smash Bros. for Switch for Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. <clears throat> I still hope we get, by the way, that we get uh, Pokemon uh, Ultra Star Deluxe, or Ultra Sun Deluxe, Ultra Moon Deluxe. I think it's just going to be Gen 8. So they, the Pokemon company confirmed that they're working on a mainline RPG series, well, a mainline RPG game in the series for Nintendo Switch. And that's uh, all they confirmed. We have well, no ideas beyond that. Right. Well, they, they said it'll probably be over a year, so presumably like holiday 2018. Yeah, I would guess target, it's a November... But... 2018 release um you know it could be longer though uh but point is 3ds is done like yep. if they're not putting pokemon games if they're putting they're pokemon games Metroid on, on it for some reason well okay it's not done yet well, that game uh, that game started development like two years ago so or maybe even three years ago so i mean it makes sense that it would come out eventually right yeah <laughs> eventually sure <laughs> um Metroid is not dead. Yeah, so I mean, I do think this is sort of the the the, the grace period where they're they're releasing the, the final versions of products that have been in development for a while, but um, no new you know, projects. They're yeah. bringing their biggest handheld franchise to their home consoles now, which pretty clearly signals that they're not focusing on handheld consoles anymore. Yeah. Um, What's left is Sonic Forces and Sonic Mania, if anyone has anything to say about those. I played Sonic Mania. I played it twice because they okay. only let me play one level at a time. But um, it's everything I wanted it to be. It didn't do anything like super amazing, but it's just it feels just like Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which is what I grew up on. And I've, I'm a lapsed Sonic fan. I haven't given a crap about Sonic since like the you know mid-90s. But this, you know, it really took me back to my childhood, but with a few fresh new mechanics... 
And it looks really great on uh, the portable screen, Oh, too. my God. Handheld mode for Sonic Mania is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, that was the best part about the game to me. I did, uh, I've never been a huge fan of classic Sonic, so, you know, it didn't really resonate that strongly with me. But, you know, it was a good game for what it is. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's, um, it's just going to be a great nostalgia pickup for me. And, like, yeah. and I, it, since it's like on, uh, I can take it to go on the portable unit. Like, you know, me and my brothers played Sonic growing up as kids, so I can just be playing at home and then be like, oh, I'm going to go hang out at my brother's house. I'll turn this into portable mode and take it over there, and my brother can play Sonic. So I think that'll be nice just to have that nice little retro throwback but totally. in HD and portable. Awesome. One thing I'm curious about. If you don't mind, uh, so did you see a lot of levels with like original assets, or were you playing mostly the the old remake? Well, we got to play Green Hill Zone, you know, remashed for like the twelve thousandth time, yeah, and then right. there was a, a newer level too. But they have said repeatedly in interviews that there's like a bunch of new content that they just don't want to show off yet. They want to sure. wait until launch. So, but yeah, it was it was one classic remastered level and one new level is I what think. was available on the show. Floor. The reason why I ask is a lot when a lot of times when I play Sonic fan games which I have done a few times because some of them are pretty high quality. But the assets tend not to be. Mm-hmm. And since I know this is made by fans, uh, the original assets, I should say, since I know this is made by fans, I'm curious how the original assets hold up in this game. Um, Do they look authentic? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, like, Green Hill Zone felt just like a, a slightly prettied up Green Hill Zone, to be honest. So. I mean, like, their original creations for this game. Right. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like None the, the backgrounds remind me okay. just of like you know, basically like this game looks like how I imagined Sonic looked on Genesis when I was a kid, and the world was seen through rose tinted glasses. You know? Okay. Right. That's good. Yeah. That's 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 all I want. That's all I really want to know. Because um, I played some fan games, and yeah, some things look really out of place in those games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now this this for the most part everything you know seems like it pretty much belongs. Perfect. So. Great. Um. Is there anything else? I don't think so. I don't think any of us played Sonic Forces, right? Did you guys no. play the Fire Emblem? No. Oh, no. I played Hyrule Warriors, though. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> so I don't want to play Fire Emblem Warriors. It, it just looks like more Warriors, which is fine for, for what Warriors is. Um, right. I think Fire Emblem was a good match for it. Um, Definitely. I'm interested to see. I saw I saw a peek at the menu screen. Uh, they seem to have brought in some interesting ideas from Fire Emblem that sort of seem like they'll be a good match for Warriors. Um, like, the, the equip system is, seems to be similar. Um, I think Colin, you said they brought in the weapon triangle. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know I don't know the details or the extent of that. I just know that it's somehow in there. But I think that stuff that stuff probably will, will make it an interesting Warriors game. Yeah, as interesting as a Warriors game can be. Right. I, I mean, I the thing that really got me with Hyrule Warriors was that it's the Zelda characters, it's the Zelda universe. But when you're fighting hordes of enemies that are all just humans wielding different weapons, yeah. and maybe there's a different color to their armor set, like. It's a lot less unique from minute to minute um, than Hyrule Warriors was. And Hyrule Warriors got tiring after, you know, 100 hours of grinding on both consoles. Yeah, that was kind of a thing that disappointed me about Hyrule Warriors 2 was the... Even though they had all these and all these variety in terms of, like, the, the, the mobs, they didn't do a good job of, like, dividing up things into factions. It was kind of like they threw random enemies at you. And this yeah. feels even more like that because they're all, they're all humanoid. Well, right, now they're all humanoid, and, 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 you know, in Fire Emblem, every story is about fighting enemy soldiers of an evil empire. Yeah. There's, they're not that different ever from game to game. Yeah. Um, so the enemy variety in this game is going to be so... I anticipate is going to be so small that um, it's just, you know... I, yeah. I'm not interested in, in yeah. Fire Emblem Warriors. Yeah. Um... FIFA! It exists. I People love are playing it. real sports a lot. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, this isn't really so much about like uh, game impressions, but one thing I found interesting uh, about Nintendo's strategy... I don't know if you guys noticed this, but several of the games that they've showed off recently are running on Unreal Engine 4 instead of oh. in-house engines. Yoshi's doing that. Sure. Kirby's doing that. Two games, which, by the way, we forgot about for this podcast. Let's talk about them. <laughs> but uh, do you want to finish that? Well, I, well think- I think it's just it's just interesting to me that Nintendo is trying to... I, I imagine this is to speed up development time and to speed and to, to cut down on the cost yeah. of you know, spending two years developing an engine you're going to use for two games. So right. I think Nintendo is, is looking for, for ways to churn out games faster and cheaper because they saw... You know how how much Wii U suffered from software droughts, and Unreal Engine Four is, you know, it's it's a pretty great engine for what Nintendo needs it to do. 
You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's not as great as like a, a realism as some of the under, uh, as some of the other engines, but for Nintendo stylized look, I think Unreal works pretty dang well, and it's also super cheap and super easy to use, and it makes it easier for Nintendo to recruit more people to help them work on projects. So yeah. I think it's a good move. I mean, I love their in-house engines, and you know, I, I'm glad that like for example, like a game like Zelda, you know, they spent time crafting an engine, but. For some game, you don't you don't need to make an in-house engine. You don't for need it for Yoshi. Yeah, exactly. You can you can go with Unreal Four and save some time and money and get that Definitely. game out at a, at a great quality and in time. And another thing I hope that let, lets them do is not only does it boost their in-house development uh, capabilities, but it also lets them sort of provide better development support uh, to yeah. third-party partners, which is something they've really needed to to step up for a long time. Because uh, that's something Sony does in particular uh, especially well, and that's uh, led to them getting lots of great content. Yeah. Um, so Yoshi and Kirby. Um, I mean, they look pretty much like they started from the foundation of the previous games they made and just yeah. made new games. Uh, I thought it was weird that Yoshi was this weird, like, not really side-scrolling, but also kind of moving along a flat plane sort of game. Yeah, well, it's it's. I feel like it's a 2.5D platformer. Yeah, it's like an actual the, 2.5D the, platformer. There are moments where you move along the Z-axis, but it's instead of the it's, X-axis. It's, it's linear it's along the Z-axis. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's very not, strange. Yeah. Anyway. Um, the, now those games, they're both uh, generic 2018. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And then I'm going to make a completely just random prediction here. But Animal Crossing for Switch in 2018. And the reason that I'm making this prediction is because Nintendo has said in uh, investor meetings several times over the last couple of console generations that whenever they feel their console is too like male-centric an audience and they want to attract female gamers, the core titles they turn to are Yoshi, Kirby, and Animal Crossing. They try to put those Sounds three right. out in quick succession to attract female gamers. Sounds about right. So if Yoshi and Kirby have been announced, here's hoping we get Animal Crossing 2018. Yeah. Plus it's yeah. monstrously suspicious that we haven't seen the Animal Crossing mobile game. Yeah. And so that, that only leads to the question of whether it's going to be a tie-in for the actual Switch game. Right. Um, as for Kirby... It looks a lot like Return to Dreamland, but they took the four-person co-op system and let you do it with less interesting characters. I actually was okay with that approach. Um, I like the idea. Uh, like, there's a lot of enemies that we've seen a lot over the the, the span of Kirby's lifespan, and uh, they sort of had a you know buddy up with a enemy mechanic in one, some of the other, earlier games. And I think that's a good fit for co-op, but I totally see what you're saying, where they're not really popular characters necessarily. Right. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't see a lot of the point of returning to the superstar helper system and then giving you four, well, three helpers. It seems a little bit like overkill. And then for co-op, if you're not playing as characters who are very interesting anyway, I don't I just, I don't see the appeal of this game really. I mean, it's a Kirby game. That's really yeah, but there are some really good Kirby games. There's some really bad ones, but you know, as long as pretty uneven. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have feelings about Kirby games. I buy them and then I play them for a little bit and then I put them down and never come back to them ever again. (laughs) And then and yet I keep buying them. Uh, I bought Return to Dreamland recently and I've played through like the first three levels. Um, It's it's one of those things where it's like I really like the idea of Kirby and then. I really don't like the level design of Kirby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I also... I don't like the recent aesthetics so much. I also no. think the 2.5D doesn't do... Jo- I think Kirby needs to be, uh, like, a, uh, maybe watercolor or, like, colored pencil kind of cool art style. Yeah, like, a, in 2D. Uh, was it, was it, uh, Dreamland 3 on NES? Yeah, that was really that cool. That was a good art style. I think, I think Yoshi in general, I don't know why they're sticking with yarn. I think Yoshi should be another just straight up 2D game. Well, it started uh, off as, like, that, that crayon like right, stuff. Right, well, I was gonna, with, with handmade assets in crayon and watercolor. Yeah. Uh, would be great for those environments. Um, I like the way they they were animating that style too back then. Yeah, it would be something that would look really great uh, with modern graphics. Totally. I'm really surprised they didn't do that with New Island. Uh, uh, yeah, but New Island was atrocious. Yeah, that's true. so hurt <laughs> my eyes. Yoshi's another series that has its huge ups and its huge downs, and they're mostly just huge downs. Well, let's just be real. Yeah. I like it was the dream, like, Alex. It was like Yoshi's Island, and then that was it. That was the good Yoshi game. I don't know, man. Yoshi's Safari <laughs> is good stuff. Yoshi's good cookie. stuff. Yeah, Yoshi's Cookie. Come on. Don't forget Yoshi's Topsy-Turvy. Don't forget Yoshi 
for an ant. Yoshi's touch and go? Good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Yoshi's air ride? No, wait, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> also an overrated game. Yoshi but, Kong uh, Racing? Uh, Yoshi Kong? <laughs> Yoshi God, Kong. I need that. <laughs> All right, well... Um, does anyone have any final closing thoughts on E3 2017? No virtual console. Yeah! What the hell, Reggie? Well, they, they, here's, here's what they're going to do with virtual console. You heard it here on Nintendo Week First. This is an NW exclusive. They're going to give us a subscription model with an expansive library of virtual console games. So that way they can charge everybody $20 a month for games that they're really not playing <laughs> at Wait, all. Isn't it only 20 a year? It's twenty a year, yeah. Oh, but you mean an extra I, I, subscription I, service on top of? The, I don't know exactly how. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's like, okay. Well, they they keep making us rebuy games because they want to keep so charging just us make money us for their rebuy back games for the well, rest right. of our lives. If they make it a subscription model and make us pay for access rather than pay for yeah. the ownership of the titles, then the consumers will be. Perfectly happy paying into a library of every retro game, and Nintendo will be making even more money per title than they would be with their current model. The listeners can't hear me, but I'm shaking my head. Because you know it's right. Maybe. It's too smart for Nintendo, maybe. It's too smart for Nintendo. (laughs) No, Nintendo is not good enough at actually putting all their library up for for, uh, digital distribution that way. Although they did delay the the paid online service, so maybe they realized that, hey, maybe we should actually launch with a robust lineup. (laughs) Well, no, I I, I do think that that's part of it. That would make too much sense, though. Well, Reggie was recently asked, I believe it was by Kotaku, uh, you know, what their plans are for the virtual console service, and his response was, we have not used the words virtual console, which says to me they're making it a radically different model, and this is the one that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, And I think it makes sense to Nintendo. I think they'll do it. I I just wonder whether they'll charge us more. That was a joke. I do think this is. I do think Nintendo's smart to do this. Um, I just wonder whether they'll charge us more or whether that'll actually be included in the subscription service. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, but either way, it's a, it's a because if I were Nintendo, it would just model. be part of the twenty dollars a year that they're already charging. And then now. a terrible library. No, it'd be a good library. That's you're nicer than Nintendo. They've made the games already. <laughs> they just have to put them on the freaking eShop. Yeah, but we've been <laughs> saying that about Mother Three since when? Yeah, but Reggie said that when they port games to Switch, they have to add new content. And you know they're not just going to throw Mother yeah. 3 up as a random English language would be title. new content. That, 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 <laughs> the game true. existing would be new content. That's, that's true, I suppose. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. So the takeaway from this podcast is keep telling Reggie to bring us Mother 3 every single day. And uh, it will never happen. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> Here we go.